This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Today, I want to bring you a message entitled, Only One Life to Live. Now, this message is a little more um, sensitive to me today than it was when I prepared it. Today, it hits home a little bit more than when I intentionally began to come to want to speak to you. Last evening, Christine and I uh, took uh, uh, one of our, our children with us, and we, we, we went to dinner. And as we were finishing dinner, our phone goes off, and... Um, there's a tragic loss. Someone uh, that uh, a couple of our people here uh, very, work very closely with um, has been in Amicola Falls. They're hiking down the falls, 47 years old, perfect health, just had a well check, and they collapse and leave this world. Our heart is broken. We cry with the family. We cry as a family. And then I realized what I was preaching on this weekend, that we get one shot at this life and we never know what tomorrow holds. We get one opportunity. And you see, as I preached this message in the first service today, the presence of God showed up. The second service, God was dealing with people's hearts. But I've known all day long, and I've known since I wrote this message, that this message was for this specific hour. And for those that are listening to me or watching now, I knew that that, that God was wanting to deal with us very specifically in this time. Because if you haven't realized it, you're going to have moments just like, I had yesterday evening that are sobering moments that will let you know that you never know what tomorrow holds and your life could change with one phone call, with one walk, with one drive, with one moment. Life changes in an instant. Can I get an amen for that? We never know what it's going to be. And so we must realize that what we do with this life is super important. Now, maybe I'm in the wrong place, but I feel like I'm in the right place. Is there anybody here who would say with me, I've wasted too much time in my life? Uh Uh-oh, I've got the right message for the right crowd. I must warn you, someone came up to me at the end of the last service, told me, Pastor, I love you, and I just want to thank you for telling me what I need to hear even when I don't like what you're saying. I said, well, thank you for that great encouragement in my message. Amen. But listen, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 15 reads like this. Be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise. Be careful because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Be careful because you don't know how quickly things can change. Be careful. And watch this. Verse 16 says, making the most of every opportunity. You need to live your life realizing that what you do now affects so much more. And it might be the last opportunity you have. 
Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. In other words, we never know when darkness is going to come crashing into our lives. We never know when we're going to face a trial. We never know when we're going to face a storm. We never know, but it's so, so important. Listen, listen to this preacher today. I've been preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit for nine or ten weeks, but today I've got a different style message that I feel is for you. That we have got to begin to redeem the time. Because you see, that's what King James said here. Instead of making the most of every opportunity, it says, it says redeem the time. We've got to make up our mind that we're not going to live our lives the way we used to live our lives. We're not going to make the same mistakes that we used to make, hoping for a different outcome. Listen to me. You're saying, Pastor, do you really think that we could come to this house and somehow you could say something that might change who we are and we could leave here different? I want to be real honest with you. I cannot convince you to do that. But the power of the Holy Spirit behind these words can move in your life in such a radical way that will change who you are so that when you leave here, that something you carried in will be left at the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ and you can be changed. And I want you to get this. You're going to have to make up your mind that you're going to redeem the time. And you know what most people tell me? Well, well, I'll serve God when I find the time. Oh, goodness. Can I just make a statement for that? Here it goes. Put it on the screen. You do not find time. You make time. Thank you. You did the adult's job right then. I'm going to say it again. You don't find time. You make time. You see, time is the great equalizer. All of us have the same amount of time in our day. And we always are saying, well, i got to find some time. Well, let me just tell you, there's 24 hours in a day. If you can figure out how to get more time than that in a day, then you and I are going to be rich because we're going to write a book. We're going to sell it. But the reality is there's only 24 hours. There's only 60 minutes in every hour. There's only that amount of seconds and milliseconds. that We all are given the same amount of time. We have to make up our mind. If we're not going to spend our lives saying, "If I well, someday I'll find the time to do this. One day I'll find the time to serve God. One day I'll find the time to get free. No, you've got to make up your mind. You've got to determine in your heart that you're going to stop making the excuse of saying, I'm going to find time, and you're going to start making time. See, you don't find time to grow. You make time to grow. You don't find time to train for a dream. You make time. You don't find time for your family. You make time for your family. I'm preaching to somebody something that you need to get today. You need to hear what I've come to tell you. You don't find time to pray. You make time to pray. You don't find the time to try to get free. You make up your mind. This is the day the Lord has made, and my freedom starts here. Can I get an amen for that today? But there's something you're going to have to do. There's two things you're going to have to do. You're going to have to do the math, and you're going to have to curse the barren fig trees in your life. These are so important. You're going to have to do the math and curse the barren fig trees in your life. So listen to me. In the Gospels, there's this miracle that's totally opposite of most of the miracles that you would expect. 
All the miracles heal. All the miracles bring life or, or, or sustain people. But this one miracle is like the, so opposite. It really shocks the disciples. Jesus is walking along and he goes up to this tree and he looks at this tree. And the Bible says it's not even the time of year it's supposed to have fruit on it. But he looks at the tree and says, you don't have any fruit. And he says, you're worthless. You can shrivel up and die. The next day, it's dead. The disciples are like, Lord, what's the deal? You're always bringing stuff to life. You're never putting stuff to death. What's the deal? And Jesus says, listen to me, very important. You're going to have to start putting the things that you've walked up to for supply that brought death into your life and left you without fruit and left you without substance. You're going to have to make up your mind. That thing's got to die. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. You see, this is what I'm going to tell you. If you're really going to serve God, you're going to be faithful to serve God, you're going to realize that faithfulness is fruitfulness. It means that God not only sees me showing up, but God sees me becoming. Some of us want to show up for church and feel like we're a Christian. Showing up for church makes, doesn't make you a Christian. It makes you somebody who shows up for church. Serving the living God and letting Jesus radically change your life makes you a Christian. And you know what happens when Jesus changes you on the inside? It's going to produce fruit on the outside of your life. Somebody said, let me get my life in order and then I'll, then I'll find time to serve Jesus. I said, get, let God get inside of you and your life will get in order when he cleans up what's going on inside of you. It's so true. I want you to get this. You know, just showing up is a good start, but it's not far enough. I've told you this story before, but 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 the story just, I, I was like, Lord, really? I remember the day that Christina and, and Amy were going to run a marathon. Brent and I decided we'd be great husbands and walk them to the starting line. I show up at the starting line. We have our cups of coffee in our hands. While they're running this, we were very plain. We were going to Krispy Kreme while they ran the marathon. I am dressed in blue jeans, a sweatshirt, and moccasins. Not even what you have on, moccasins, okay? And I'm standing at the line. And this little person that has on far too little runs up next to me. You going to run today? Am I going to run today? No, no, I'm just here with her. Oh, okay. Finally, after like the fourth or fifth person walks up to me and says, are you going to run today? Do you know what I did? I said, Brent, hold this. I said, come on now. You should have seen people. They were like, get behind him. This is going to be good. <laughs> Why? Because I've been to lots of starting lines. I've been at every finish line. But guess what they don't give me for coming to the starting line and the finish line? They don't give me the fruit of the medal that happens in between. I don't run the race the way that I'm supposed to. And because... 
Because I just want to show up is not good enough. God says, stop just showing up and saying, I'm part, I'm part. Show up and be a part. Become who God's called you to be. And stop going to the old dead, barren things in your life going, I know there's something that will sustain me here somewhere. Come to the cross that it produces fruit throughout eternity. And God will change your life. Amen. God's trying to speak to us today. And this is so, so important. See, we all have barren fig trees in our life. You know, I mean, we waste too much time. Would you look what they're doing? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know why they weren't in church. The average person spends 142 minutes, 15% of their day on social media. Waste of time. I'm going to get in some of your grits right here for a second. Excuse me just a minute. If you've watched the same series on Netflix 10 times, waste of time. It's going to end the same way. That's just how it is. Waste of time time. We need to make up our minds that we're going to stop wasting our time. And what we've got to do is we're going to have to realize that we need to start treating the, our lives like we are the time of our lives, like we save money. We ought to save time. Let me tell you one of the best places to redeem the time of your life. You ready? Set an alarm clock and break the snooze button. And actually get up and get along with God. That's God's just not in that. Try it and see if your day is not more fruitful. Man, y'all don't want to hear this today. You see, you got to guard those moments. Spending your best time, your best energy on the most important things. This just isn't time management. It's stewardship. See, I think you, you curse the barren fig trees by putting proper boundaries and priorities in your life. God's speaking to somebody. He wants his time back. It amazes me how many of us pick and choose which commandments of God we want to follow. We love to tell our children, you shall not lie. And if they really keep lying, we say, Revelation 21.8, all liars burn in hell. You think I haven't heard that? I'm like, don't tell your kid that. I'm like, tell them to be honest and true. But then we always love to quote to them, honor your father and mother. Because that's going to keep you alive. But do you know what one none of us like to do? This one. Exodus 20. I'm going to read it to you and I'm going to tell you why. I know this is not my normal style sermon, but somebody needs this today. Can I get an amen? amen. Remember the, to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. Stop for a minute. What we're trying to say to our kids is, hey, it's okay to break this command about the Sabbath, but don't forget, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't murder. 
Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is important. The number one thing that will set you back in the progress you've made in your life is when you stop prioritizing the things of God in your life. The number one thing people say to me, Pastor Don, what's it like having a church that has multiple regeneration programs that are somehow attached to that? And here's what I say to them. I said it's good and it's, and it's bad. It's good in that we see lives changed. It's bad that I hear the same thing over again. I stopped praying, I stopped reading, and I stopped attending church, and I found myself back where I was. Because, what? listen to this, this includes you. Your sons, your daughters, we're always like, no, no, that's somebody else. No, no, your male, your female servants, your livestock, I mean, even your dog needs to rest. Any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the sea, and everything in them, but on the seventh day, watch this, watch this, he, God rests, why don't we? This is true. So, oh, no, no, you don't understand. If I ever slow down, the earth will stop spinning. No, no, no. If he ever slows down, the earth will stop spinning. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Now, listen to me. The Sabbath that I have been practicing, it's taken me two years to be able to preach this message to you because I did not know what a Sabbath was. I was in Israel it's easy to go on Sabbath in Israel because everything closes. If you don't have everything together, you're, 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 you're in trouble. Because there are no stores open. There are no, there, everything's done. Everything closes. And I began to think, what would happen in my life if I began to prioritize that? I'm speaking to some of you, and you listen to me. Some of you young fathers need to hear what I'm about to say, mothers. I didn't understand the significance of a Sabbath. As a young man, it's taken me two years to begin to understand what it's like to unplug. And unless there's a crisis like we saw yesterday, I try to stay unplugged. It's taught me so much. But what I've learned, looking at my children sitting around this room and how much I miss because I did not redeem the time, I don't, looking at my grandson right there right now, I don't want to miss the time. Can I just tell you that God is in grandpa trips? God loves yoo-hoos and little Debbies and push pops. Now don't tell on me. God loves random moments that we stop and we say, so I know what some of you are thinking right now. Where's the spiritual? Where's Pastor Don? He's supposed to deal with us about our sin and then show us Jesus. And the problem is this. Some of you don't even realize I'm trying to rescue your family right now. Stop. Breathe. Rest. Realize that God has given us one opportunity. One chance to get this day right. One chance. I watched a grown man in this very building walk up to me after God had saved his father. His father had lived a horrible life. God saved him, changed who he was, and he walked up to me in this building and he said these words. He said, preacher, I appreciate what God's done for my dad in this place. God's changed his life. He said, but I don't know how to deal with him. And I said, what is it? 
He said, he tells me he loves me now. And I don't know how to process that. He never taught me how. Listen to me. Slow down. Take some time. Let God work in your life. Let God change your life. And realize that life is going to keep moving, but it's your choice if it's Kronos or Kairos time. Kronos time is time that this every day becomes the same. Sunday morning we go to church. Sunday afternoon we do this. Sunday night we do this. Monday we go to work. We do the blah, 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 blah. We just keep going in this constant endless circle. That's Kronos. God didn't call us to live in Kronos. He called us to live in Kairos. Kairos is when we realize that God says, I've given you the opportunity to redeem the moment. And what you do today will determine what happens in your family for generations to come. If you honor God, they'll honor God. If you serve God, they'll serve God. Oh, Pastor Don, my children are still coming around, but I believe the word of God that says if you train up a child in the way they should go, when they come to them, their senses, when they're old enough, when they make, when they come to their senses, they too will return to the things of God. I believe those promises. I believe they're true, but those promises don't happen in Kronos. They happen when you learn to live in Kairos. Kairos moments must be managed for maximum impact. I've got a list I haven't been able to get to all day long of these Kairos moments that Jesus lived out. But probably the most important one of all, Jesus Christ is on the cross. How many of you would think you're dying for the sins of the world and that's enough? Right? Most of us would say that like this, Lord, I even, I'm willing to go there. Isn't that enough? But Jesus is actually dying for the sins of the world. And what does Jesus say? How do I maximize this moment? When the enemy thinks he's winning the most, how do I take his joy away from him? Are you ready for this? When the enemy thinks he's going to destroy your life, how do you take his joy away from him? Watch what Jesus did. He turned the chronos. We know he was counting down to the point he finally would say, chronos, it's finished. But he said, kairos. And in the middle of that, he said, what can I do to maximize the moment while I'm dying? And he says this. He looks at the men that are crucifying me. He says, what? Father, forgive them. So in the middle of his dying, he illustrates forgiveness for us. And taught us how to forgive. While he's hanging there on the cross, this guy starts criticizing and attacking him. This guy starts supporting him. And he looks at them both and he, he speaks in love to both of them. And this one rejects and this one says, remember me. And in the middle of his own sacrifice, Jesus says, Kairos, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'm taking time right now to let you know, listen, I feel the Holy Spirit, that today things are going to change, which illustrates to me that in the middle of the darkest moments of our life that God says how you respond determines so much for future generations then it's the end he's about to die probably one of the most powerful points of of, of the whole moment he looks to the crowd and he says John John take care of my mama I mean, who does that? Who looks at his mother in the middle of almost suffocating and says, take care of her. 
He illustrates to us the most important thing is never get too busy, even if it's your greatest life's deed, to take care of the people you love. You see, it laid down a way for us to follow. I talked to my wife yesterday about a burden, and I said to her, I said, this is how my parents handled it, and that's how I'm going to find a way to handle it. I'm thankful my parents' parents didn't handle it that way. They split up and broke up and crawled inside of bottles. But my parents pulled together, got together in an altar, and God changed their life. And now the fourth generation hears the gospel. God is so good. Listen to me. Your life is full of opportunities. I don't know why our message style has shifted this weekend, but I do know that this is a now word for this moment. Keep serving God. In a moment, some of you are going to graduate. Don't back down when you go home. You get one chance at this. If this is my one chance, then I want to do it well. I want to be a watchman on a wall in this generation. I want to serve God with all of my heart, all of my soul, and with all of my might. This is our, this is our time. This is who we are. I want to finish with a quote today. This is important. There was a man, if he was uh, in the world today, he would be the first round draft pick. He was the athlete of the, of all athletes of his day. He was set to be extremely wealthy and he was set up for life. As a matter of fact, have you ever felt like some people just had the perfect name for what they did? This star athlete, you know what his, his name was? C.T. Stud. It's like, Stud. Wouldn't you like to have a name like that? Stud. Where I go, they go, Doughboy. I don't know. But anyways, all right. Stud. C.T. Stud was set to make untold fortunes. He abandoned it all because somebody told him that Jesus wanted him to follow him. C.T. Stud became a a beam of light in a darkened era that of social and economic injustice that shone that young people from all over the world began to follow C.T. Studd onto the mission field. They would pack their bags, and most of them were known as one-way missionaries because they knew they would never see home again. But they followed C.T. Studd to evangelize most of the known world in, the, in, the, in his time period, early, early uh, last century. God used this man to change the face of the earth. This is the quote I want to take from him. Life will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. Life can change in a phone call, in a moment, in a walk, and in a ride. But what we do for Christ will remain. 
Stand with me today. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment today. There's still another part of this service I've, I've been doing. I've asked to open our altars in this place again, but today I want to minister to you right where you are, right how you are. I want to ask you a very simple question to begin with. If God has spoken to you through some part of, the, part of this message about lining up the proper boundaries, order, and time of your life, then I want to see your hand if that's you. Overwhelming majority of people. God has chosen you. You hear me. God has chosen you for a reason. Put your hands down. I want to ask you another question. Some of you know exactly what tree needs to be cut down and removed from your life. You need to go on a social media fast. You need to walk away from some old friends. You need to walk away from some old crutches. You need to walk away from some old grudges. And you need God to deliver you. And you say today, Pastor, I'm ready for that barren tree to die in my life. That's you. Can I see your hand? Hands all over this place. Thank you. Put those down. One last question. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I have never borne the fruit of repentance, true repentance. Maybe you prayed a prayer just to satisfy a moment so you could be baptized, your family would be happy, or you were emotionally caught up in a moment, but you've never borne fruit of repentance or you've never even began that, that road to serve Jesus Christ. You may have gone to church for years, but you've never really ever borne fruit that you really serve Jesus. And today you want to commit your life to Jesus Christ wholly and completely. If that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are. Would you hold it up high? Hold it up high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Looking around this room, there's eight people that have responded. Nine, are there others? Ten, are there others? Wow. Heaven is rejoicing. We're going to pray a prayer with you. The Bible says that we just learned this, that if you will openly confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be born again. That means that you're not just praying a prayer to say, hey, I want my ticket to heaven, but you're praying a prayer that says, I want to give God every moment of my life from this moment forward. That's the prayer we're praying. Somebody prayed it with me. I want to ask everyone who is present, everyone listening, and everyone watching to pray this prayer along with these 10 people today in this one service alone that have now committed their life to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Pray with me now. Jesus, Jesus. by faith, I confess I am a sinner. I have borne the fruit of sin. Forgive me and cleanse me. And now I turn to Christ. Receive my life. I give you my all. From this moment forward, Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, is Lord of my life. From this moment forward, I declare, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. 
Father, I thank you for these 10 that have prayed that prayer with me right now. Some, I'm sure, were rededicating others as a point of salvation. Thank you, Father, for what you have done and what you're going to do. Lord, I ask you now, by your favor and through your blessings, that you have seen the other hands that say, I know what tree needs to go. Right now, I begin to speak literally under those areas and say, uh, Lord, that by the grace of God, they shall shrivel and they shall be removed. They shall be cut down and they will find, oh my goodness, that they can come to the water of life and drink freely and eat of the trees of those things that you offer that bring health to the nations. Thank you, Father, for what you've done. And I thank you, Father, that now we all need to prioritize the things of God above everything else. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Would you give God a praise this morning? God is so faithful and so good. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.